Well, hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 169 and session number 48 of Ask Scott. This is where I answer your questions that you submit via voicemail. And you guys know I look forward to doing these each and every week. Now, if you guys want to submit your own question, head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash ask, and you can record your own voicemail. Just leave your first name and your question, and I'll do my best to answer it here on an upcoming Ask Scott session on the podcast. Uh, Yeah, like I said, guys, you guys know I look forward to these every single week, and I listen to these, uh, these questions, and I can also hear you guys explain what the podcast has meant to you and and kind of like how long you've been listening and just a little bit more about you. And I love being able to hear more about your story and your journey. And uh, yeah, really just, it really makes me feel more connected. So definitely keep that stuff going and ask your question there. And I would love to hear it and air it here on an upcoming podcast. Now, before I do jump into the questions for today's session, what I did want to do is I wanted to pull up a Facebook post that someone had posted here. Uh, so this way here, I can share it with you. And I think it's really important. And also to kind of let people know about the Facebook group. If you don't already know, we have a TAS Facebook group with over 23,000 current members in there and just a huge, huge support network for anyone that wants to start this business. Now, this one here was an image that Zahir had posted and uh, he he wrote this. He says, hi, all just saw this and thought of this group. Have an amazing day. Hashtag take action. I love that. We have another hashtag now, by the way, hashtag just start. And I'll just give you, I'll paint the picture for you. And uh, what it is, is it's a uh, iceberg uh, that's inside of a body of water and you just see the top of it. It's kind of like a cutaway. You can see the top of it, but then down below you can see the water and you can see the iceberg down below the water and how much bigger the iceberg is below the surface than it is above the surface. And what it says is what people see, and then you can see the top of the iceberg, but then down below below the water, it shows hard work. Well, first it says what people see in the iceberg is representing success. So I should say that, that the iceberg is at the top is success, right? But then down below the water, that's what really happens. And that is, and it has like a list of, of uh, different things that go into the success. So it is hard work, risk, late nights, struggles, failures, persistence, clinicals, discipline, exhaustion, doubts, code blues, criticism, disappointments, sleep deprivation, rejections, sacrifices. All of that goes into success. You're going to have some of these things come into the mix and it doesn't just happen overnight. So I really, really love this. I love it that Zahir had had posted this and he got a ton of comments and people liking this. And uh, I think it's great that the, the Facebook group does it, but I also wanted to bring this to the surface for the podcast. And uh, if you're not already in the group, you can just kind of hear what this means as far as what people see. You see success, you don't see all of the hard work that went into getting that success. And if anyone out there is thinking that it's easy, it's not. It does take work. It takes being able to fail, dust yourself off, and pick yourself back up. In anything in life, I think that's really important and a very important message. All right, so with that being said, let's get to work. What do you say? Let's get cracking. So let's go ahead and listen to the first question, and I'll go ahead and give you my answer. Hi, Scott. My name is Gina, and I love your podcast. 
I have decided that really you should have named it The Amazing Teacher because your energy is truly infectious. Um, since I've since I've been listening, I have followed your advice. I've been taking action every day and I'm about to buy my very first product. Now, the manufacturer has asked me for shipping marks and I've been all over your website. I've been all over the Facebook pages and it's not clear to me how I am supposed to be providing shipping marks and what needs to be given to the manufacturer so they know what to put on on the box. Um, so if you could just um, provide a little information on that, it would be awesome. Thanks very much and keep doing what you're doing. Bye. Hey, Gina, thank you so much for the question and thanks for the compliments. And I'm so glad that you are getting value from the podcast. And, you know, I mean, hearing someone say that I should be, you know, listed as the amazing teacher. I mean, it feels great and all, but I would never, ever in a million years think that I would be classified as the amazing teacher just because I was never that good of a student. And uh, I, you know, I give a credit to a lot of teachers out there, especially in the classroom. Uh, it's a tough job. But in my case, you know, if I'm teaching stuff that I know about and that I'm passionate about, it comes easy. Uh, but, you know, not really book smart, to be honest with you. I, that's, I don't even really like to read. Um, I like to listen. And I guess everyone is different in how they consume. And anyway, I'm starting to ramble, aren't I? Uh, but I just want to say thank you for that. And I, I appreciate it. And it's a really nice compliment. Uh, to answer your question, first off, I would ask, I would say to the manufacturer, say, um, what, what did you need? You know what I mean? Like, what, what are you, what are you requesting? Um, because I have not had anyone, um, ask me for what I wanted, uh, as far as the markings go on the package. I've never had that. If you're, if you have something that's, that's hazardous or something like that, then yeah, you would need those certain things, but I wouldn't recommend going down that road anyway. Um, I think the basic stuff, I mean, you know, like weight and measurements, that type of stuff would be there. Your invoice would need to be on there. But as far as like graphics or artwork or any of that stuff, I don't really need, I don't think any of that stuff has to be on the outer box. Now, if we're talking about the outer box and then there's like a hundred or a thousand pieces inside of this one box, then yeah, you might want to have quantity on there, stuff like that. But for the most part, the manufacturer usually does that for you and they understand what needs to go into that. So as far as markings go, I would ask them, I would ask the manufacturer, what do you need on the outside of that box? And they may come back to you and say, no, I'm asking you what you need because you know we'll leave it blank. And then you can just be like, well, I just want the size and the weight on there. That's all I really need. And maybe just, uh, you can even have your, your name printed on there as far as your business name, uh, you know, on there. But only thing that's on my boxes are dimensions of the box, the current box, and then also of the weight. And that's really it. And that just helps, uh, I believe in the process going from there to here. Uh, so that way they're the service that's picking it up and stuff that they want to cross reference, they can or in customs. Um, but yeah, I would maybe just ask them about that. So Hopefully that's helped you. Sorry I couldn't have uh, given you a direct answer. I wish there was like something that was like, oh yeah, that's, they, they want this. But, you know, I've never had that, uh, that question asked, uh, by the manufacturer. Uh, but all I have on my boxes, like I said, is dimensions and weight. So, and my business name. Uh, that's it. So hopefully that helps. And thanks a lot for the compliments and for being a listener. I uh, appreciate it. All right. Let's go ahead and listen to another question and I'll give you my answer. Hey Scott, this is Patrick from Letonia, Ohio. I'm getting ready to ship my first product. My question is in regards to UPC labels. I recently purchased a few UPC numbers to use on my products. However, as I'm reading the Amazon FBA quick start guide, Amazon seems to use their own type of UPC numbers and labels. 
So do I not have to use my own UPC numbers? I haven't labeled my product yet. It's a bundle of multiple items that I'm putting into one package and I'll be personally applying the labels for these first few product runs. If you could give us a breakdown, breakdown on how to label our private label product in preparation for shipment to Amazon, that'd be great. Thanks again. Hey, Patrick, thank you so much for the question. And as far as the UPC code goes, you need a UPC code to create the Amazon listing, okay? That's what you need it for. Do you need it for anything else? No, not really. The only thing you need it for is if you want to go into retail, you'll need that. Uh, the other thing is, is it will act as an identifier. So if you have a box, let's say that you have a box that you're having printed, it's a good idea to have that barcode printed on the box as part of the artwork because then it also will identify that that's your product. And if someone was to hijack you, they'd have to copy that exact artwork and then it would be one more thing that you could show to prove that you're the owner. But that's a, that's a whole nother conversation, but that would be good practice to do that. Now, Amazon has their own code called the FNSQ number. And what that is, is that's their own UPC code, but they will only give you that once you create your listing. So you have to create your listing with a UPC code and then they'll give you their identifier. Now that identifier, they can print on the package for you, which they'll go over your UPC code with that, or you can have your manufacturer print labels and then stick on there. So that way there you can save that cost. They charge you 20 cents. Amazon charges you 20 cents per unit to print on the package. Okay. With, with their labels, 20 cents. Um, in the beginning, I think, I think it's the easiest way to do it is just to have them do it. That way, you know, it's right. They're printing it. It's there. It's one last thing that can go wrong. Um, you know, cause if they print it wrong at the manufacturer and they do a thousand units, it's going to come through wrong. And then you're going to have them have to have them all relabeled anyway. And you'll pay twice. So in the beginning, uh, I like to, you know, kind of simplify things. And I think it's probably best if you just have Amazon do it in the beginning. Uh, and you can always save that cost later if you can have the manufacturer do it. Now, if you're doing a bundle, let's say that you're doing a bundle with five products inside of one package and that package is one product. So it's a bundle that you're selling. That will, that will require one UPC code for the listing to be created, and then it will also require an FNSQ number that will be given to you once you create that listing. Now, if you have a listing that has one variation of a bundle, and then it has another variation of a different bundle, each of those are going to require its own UPC code. Anytime you do a new variation, even if it's underneath the same listing, you will need to have a new UPC code in order to create that variation. You need to think of a variation as a whole nother product that's just sharing the same listing. So they call that the parent child. So the parent is the one above, and then the child is all of the different variations that will go underneath that particular listing. And that's why I also recommend anyone that's setting up a brand new listing, you want to make sure that you set it up as a variation. Even if you don't think that you'll use a variation, you may in the future, and it's a lot easier to do it now than it is to do it later. So hopefully that's answered your question on the UPCs. It's not that complicated. Just understand that you will need the UPC code to create the listing. That's really all you'll need it for. If you ever go into retail, you'll need it for that as well. Um, if anyone is interested, I do have some UPC uh, companies on the resources page that you can check out. The resources page is theamazingseller.com forward slash resources. And uh, you can check that out and uh, you can purchase some barcodes there. They're pretty pretty reasonable. Uh, so go check them out if you need UPC codes. All right. So let's go ahead and listen to another question and I'll give you my answer. Hi, Scott. This is Eric from Texas. 
I just want to say thank you for all the information you put out. You help me take action every single day, and I appreciate that. My question is, I'm bringing in my third product to Amazon FBA. I have yet to start capturing emails, so I went to GoDaddy, bought a domain name, and honestly, from there, I'm kind of stuck. I know what I'm going to do is put some kind of insert in my poly bag, try to send them to my lead page, and offer them a warranty of some kind or something like that. And if you have any information on what to do there, I'd appreciate that. But let's say my domain name that I bought, I'm selling garlic presses, is garlicpress.com. Do I want to send my customers to garlicpress.com and try to capture emails there? When in the future, I'm going to try to make garlicpress.com my e-commerce store. So I'm a little confused there because I know I have to get some mail service like MailChimp or Aweber, I believe. But I'm kind of stuck where and how to go about this. I'm not very familiar with in this area. And uh, any information you could give me that would be awesome. So I can start capturing emails and go about that. And anything else you could add to that would be even better. But thank you for everything you do. I really appreciate it. Cheers. Hey, what's up, Eric from Texas? How you doing, man? Thank you so much for the question. And I could talk for days on this stuff. I absolutely love the whole building an email list and insert cards and landing pages and all that fun stuff. I I love it because it is the lifeblood of a business and it can really give you a huge advantage and it can build an asset that you can have forever. Uh, so I'm going to, number one, I'm going to talk a little bit about this, but I'm going to direct you or anyone else that's interested in kind of seeing even like a flow chart that I created. I, I All the way back on episode 24, guys, all the way back on episode 24, I did a, uh, a complete podcast and I wrote some show notes and I showed some screenshots of how this would look, but I, um, I basically was showing how I plan to collect customer email addresses using insert cards. And I'll kind of just walk you through it here again uh, and kind of talk a little bit about the components that go into it. But a lot of people say, Scott, can you use an insert card to collect email addresses? And the answer is, well, kind of. Um, I mean, you know, if you're going to do it to be on the up and up, you know, you can do it. You're just, you know, wondering if Amazon sees this, are they going to frown upon that? And the answer is, I don't really know. But what I can say is that most businesses that are on there, even big commercial businesses like, you know, big brands like Sony and, uh, you know, Apple computer, any of this stuff, you're getting insert material and it's directing you to go to a website to do whatever, right? I just got a ring light for my, um, camera that I wanted a big 18 inch ring light. And it's a, you know, it's called a diva light. Uh, so I got it. And the first thing I got in there was an insert card that, you know, gave me the URL so I can go over and see how to use the product. But as I'm there, I can look at other products. I can sign up for their email list. I can do all different things, but they're not directing me to a product tech technically. They're giving me information. But they also had in there where I could, um, you know, register the product for a warranty and all that stuff. So my thought process is number one, give them something of value so you can collect the email address. All right. And then deliver value immediately after that with whatever you promised. All right. 
and do this in an ethical way, all right? So a warranty card, if you have a product that you feel is going to require them to register for your warranty, now your warranty is your warranty. It's not necessarily the manufacturer's warranty, especially if you're sourcing something from China, you would go ahead and create your own warranty. So if your warranty is a six-month warranty, you could have on there, register for your six-month warranty by going to XYZ warranty.com, whatever, right? So you want to create that URL. Now you were saying, well, I want to go to GoDaddy and I want to get my domain name for garlic press. Well, it wouldn't be garlic press, uh, com is where you would want to send those people. You would want to send those people to a URL that's specific to that offer or to that page that's going to capture the email address. So for an example, if you were going to register the garlic press, you can do it one of two ways. You can create a brand new URL in GoDaddy. So if you go to GoDaddy, you would search for garlicpresswarranty.com. That would be your URL. So people could go garlicpresswarranty.com. They would go there. You would point that link you would direct that link to go to your landing page that you would create inside of lead pages or just your own website that you have a designated page for that. I use lead pages, super simple. I love it. That's what I would do. Okay. Now the other way you could do it, and this would work just the same. You wouldn't have to go buy a domain name is you can use something called pretty link and pretty link use is used in WordPress. All right. WordPress blogs. And you can create a link that's short. Okay. So it could be garlicpress.com forward slash warranty, all right, or garlicpress.com forward slash recipes, or garlicpress.com forward slash whatever, right? So you can put whatever you want at, at the end of that and then redirect them to whatever page you want. Whether that page is on your website or not, you can redirect that link anywhere you want. So in this case, let's say it's a lead page. All right, that's the way that you want to do it because that way there it's not this big long link and it's more direct and it tells them what they're doing, all right? So that would be my recommendation there. And again, I would have an insert card. This is what I do. I have an insert card and then it it offers to give them, number one, resources for using their product, like a quick start guide, and then also a link to register the product for the warranty. Now I direct them to that landing page. On that landing page, it reiterates what they are signing up for. Enter your name and email address to register your product and receive the quick start guide. And then from there, instantly, they're put on your email list, which then also automatically will send them an email that you pre-write, by the way, and send them to a thank you page that will give them the download or give them the resources that you promised. All right. And again, the tools that I use for this is the insert card. Obviously, I have something printed. Then I use GoDaddy for the URL if I'm creating a special URL or I'll use Pretty Link. And then from there, I'll connect that with lead pages. And in lead pages, I'll connect that to my AWeber account. Okay. Now I know if this sounds a little confusing and all that stuff, I'm, I'm going to send you guys to that post if you guys are interested. And that is the amazingseller.com forward slash 24, or just go to the show notes to this episode and you'll get that there as well. But this gives you a really good look at the flow for the insert card to the landing page to the resource page and then adding it to the email list and then all the components that go through that. 
Now, again, this is something that I could talk for for hours, uh, but what I might do in the future, guys, I might actually create a video or maybe even a podcast that goes really deep into this and kind of lays it out step by step. Uh, I'm sure you guys would uh, would want that. So I'll go ahead and I'll put that on my to-do list. I'll try to get on that as soon as possible and maybe even do a special podcast for that and show you exactly how to connect everything together and all that stuff. So uh, that's what I would do, though. Uh, that's exactly what I would do, and it's what I'm currently doing myself, and I'm going to be doing more of it. I'm going to be even using this same process for building the audience uh, through, um, you know, Facebook ads and those types of things as well for people that are interested in the market that I'm serving. And then from there, start to show some of my products, um, in some of the content that I provide by emailing these people that are on this list that are interested in these products. So again, that's another strategy and it's also another topic for another day. All right. So hopefully that's been helpful. I know it gets kind of confusing. And if you go to that, that blog post that I just said in that podcast episode, episode 24, that is, that will really lay it out, uh, really well for you. But I'll try to do another one in the future that will lay it out in a little bit more detail, specifically going through all of the different components and connecting everything together. All right. So let's go ahead and listen to one more question and I'll give you my answer. Hi, Scott. I found a product that I really want to sell. This was my first time trying this out. Um, the only issue is that it comes in several sizes, and I'm worried, is that going to make things really complicated if I have two different sizes of this product that I'm sending out? Hope you can give us some advice on that. Thank you. Well, hey, Megan, thank you so much for the question, and I know your name because you actually submitted it with the voicemail. So, you didn't leave it on there. That's okay. I'm going to still answer the question, but I do appreciate the question. And anyone else that is submitting a question, please try to leave your first name. I want to be able to hear from you and also know who I'm speaking with. And sometimes it's not in the email as well. So yeah, definitely just leave your first name up. Megan, thank you for the question. I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, here is what I would recommend. If you're just starting, just starting, I would probably lean away from having a product that has multiple sizes and multiple colors right out of the gate, okay? And the reason is, is because it's like launching individual products for these different sizes. If you have four different sizes, small, medium, large, extra large, now you get four different products. Yes, they're four different SKUs, which then you have to fulfill separately, you have to get, you know, UPC codes for all of those. You have to create those listings for all of those. Then you also have to do the FNSQ for all of those. And you have to maintain the inventory for all of those. And I know a lot of ands here, right? And the other thing is, is when people are buying things that are in sizes, even if you make it really easy for them to choose a size by giving them dimensions and stuff and kind of like, you know, if your wrist is this big, then this is the size you would be. Um, you're still going to get a lot more refunds than, than you would if you didn't have something that was something in size. Um, that's just a little bit of a recommendation I would have for you here, especially just starting out. Um, as far as the colors go, again, you know, you can have red, blue, yellow, green, whatever. And the thing is, is until you launch those products, you might not know what is the best seller. Now, what I would do is, is if there was a bunch of different colors, I would try to do my research and look at my competitors and I would do a search for that product and I would try to see which one is coming up on first page. The one that is showing up the most, 
the image that is, is going to be the most popular in color. Now, what some people do is they have one main image that might be black, but then if you, once you get into that listing, you'll see that they all have different colors and those pictures won't change with the main image because the parent is the parent and they haven't changed that. They just keep that as the default. I would rather see it where each variation had its own picture and then it would come up. And I think that depends on the category. I'm not 100% sure on that. But again, when you get into colors now, you might have colors that you think are popular, but they're not. And then you're gonna run into a problem that you have inventory that you're not able to sell that quickly and you're gonna be sitting on some money. So I would say anyone just starting out, I would try to stay away from products that have, uh, you know, sizes, number one, and then two, many different colors. Uh, if you want to start with one that has two or three different colors and you have the budget for that, then go for it. But I would definitely try to at least start with one color that you think is the most popular and then go from there. Um, the other way to do that too, guys, is to go through reviews and see what people are talking about. Um, they may be mentioning colors and that may be a sign that you want to start, you know, adding another color. And again, you can always add the colors as you move forward, but I would definitely look at my competitors and see what ones I feel are selling more by looking at the data um, inside of there. Some categories also, depending on the category, you can, um, once you click on the variation, the BSR will change. All right. So if you click on the red one, Look at the BSR, that might be a thousand. If you click on the yellow one, that might be four thousand. So you know that one's selling less. You might click on the, the uh, blue one and that one might be ten thousand. So you know that one's not selling that much. So the one that's got the best BSR, that's the one that's selling the most. That would be a clear indicator. Now, like I said, not all categories do that. All right. Not all categories will allow you to see the different BSRs. A lot of times it's the BSR is the overall. I know in home and kitchen, it will show you the different BSR for um, your different variations. So depending on the category, um, you're going to be limited on what you can see. But the one, the, the, the ones that you can look at and see definitely take advantage of looking at the BSR per variation of the colors or of the sizes. All right. So. Guys, that is going to wrap up this session of Ask Scott. You guys know I love this uh, interaction that we're able to have in, you know, kind of like in the virtual room as we're sitting right now having our coffee or our tea or our beverage of choice. Uh, I love doing this. Keep them coming. If you have questions, head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash ask and do just that. Ask your question, leave your first name, leave your question, and I'll do my best to answer it. Before we do go, though, let me remind you guys, if you're brand new or even if you're not and you need a little reminder, I do a live free workshop walking you through the entire process from start to finish for launching a product on Amazon. If you want to register for an upcoming one, head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash workshop. Once again, that's theamazingseller.com forward slash workshop and you can register for an upcoming event. The other thing is I answer live Q&A there as well. So if you have any questions, you can show up there. We can hang out live and I'll answer your questions there. All right, guys, that is going to wrap it up. Once again, remember, I'm here for you. I believe in you. I'm rooting for you, but you have to, you have to. Come on, say it with me. Say it loud. Say it proud. You know what's happening. Take action. Have an awesome, amazing day and I'll see you in the next episode.